from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week uh, to talk about a topic that is important to everyone, whether uh, you're in a business, uh, working for a business, you're retired, you're going to school, uh, cybersecurity awareness training uh, and having basic cybersecurity awareness is something that uh, everyone needs to know about. And uh, here in San Antonio, we have a, a Gartner Magic Quadrant leading company uh, in this space, and I'm uh, privileged to be joined by the uh, CEO today, uh, Felix. Uh, can you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, share a little bit about uh, Inspired E-Learning and how you all got started here in San Antonio? Uh, certainly. Uh, thanks for having me, Brett. Um, so my name is uh, Felix Odigi, and um, I am the uh, CEO of Inspired E-Learning. And uh, we are, we've been here since 2003. I took over as CEO in about uh, 2014, and uh, we are um, a cybersecurity uh, awareness development company. Um, so to be more uh, streamlined there, I'd say we're a cybersecurity training solutions company. Uh, in that um, whole package, we provide security awareness solutions training, as well as um, anti-phishing um, preparedness training as well. Um, we, are, we have a very deep um, strength in our uh, tr- content uh, a focus area, um, as well as um, other compliant areas like code of conduct, ethics, HR, uh, library, you can imagine. Um, we span the breadth, but our core um, asset area is um, cybersecurity. And as yeah. you can imagine, that is the talk of the town these days. For certain. Uh, so you uh, rattled a couple of terms off that uh, our audience uh, hopefully should be familiar with, but they may not be. So you, uh, you'd you mentioned uh, phishing, um, and this is not going down to Galveston uh, with a pole. So uh, can you help uh, explain to our audience uh, what is phishing and, and what should they be looking for, kind of thinking about on that at a high level? It's happy to, certainly. Um, so phishing is, uh, it's, it's an attempt um, to uh, manipulate, to foil, to uh, trick, um, but through uh, the most common form is through email. Uh, you get an email from a, a threat actor, and by clicking on that email, you are. Uh, the idea is to elicit um, your private information, either password, uh, username in some uh, format, or have you download something on your computer, like a keylogger, that gets them access to your private information. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the uh, downloading of those things like key loggers, uh, we've had on uh, the program uh, a company that deals with what they call advanced persistent threats uh, mm-hmm. for you listening out, out there. Um, this are folks where that key logger gets on a computer and uh, it takes on average six months for a company to find out that they've got that key logger installed after the, the hackers are able to get inside. Um, you could uh, go back and listen to that uh, past uh, program uh, on iTunes podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, uh, or uh, on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the first step to keeping yourself safe is to not have that attack happen in the first place, because after it does happen, they're pretty tricky to find out about. This is true. Yeah, so uh, we were uh, doing some prep for the program uh, with uh, you and the team, and one of the stats that really jumped out to me, like, I mean, we've heard about ransomware. We heard, I think, the, the WannaCry one helped um, spread things on the news. 
Uh, but the, the stat that we had coming through this research was 4,000 attacks a day from the start of 2016 through now. So I think everyone had this this thing that ransomware was just this WannaCry outbreak over one weekend that made all the national news, and now it's gone again, and ransomware is no longer here anymore. <laughs> right. It's pretty staggering, isn't it? Um, the amount of uh, attacks out there, and in this case ransomware, that get thwarted. Um, some you don't hear about, and the ones that you do hear about, like the WannaCry, um, get sensational uh, coverage. Now, with ransomware, as you know, the idea is to... Uh, trap your sensitive data and in exchange um, try to compel you to pay to get access back to your own data and usually uh, the FBI will tell you not to pay that money because unfortunately it's always a repetitive process um, once you get in there it's a it's a pretty nasty um, uh, game at this point where the threat actors out there seems to be a little bit ahead and uh, the only way to really get in front of this is through awareness training so like you just said most people don't know what's been going on. And awareness is the way to, to know. Think of awareness as a bit of paranoia, where you get a little bit edgy and think, hmm, should I be clicking on this email? Should I be looking at, should I be clicking on this link? Uh, this doesn't look right. Maybe I should forward this to the IT guy first. Yeah, and, and it's one I think is people think about physical security awareness. Or, uh, and if you're walking uh, through a, a downtown area at night, and there was uh, two streets you could walk down, one where all the streetlights work and the other one where all the streetlights are broken. We all have personal physical security awareness um, from just the years of life and, and years of being told don't walk down that dark street with the streetlights right. broken. We, we don't have the same level of cyber awareness training. It's not taught in schools. Um, it's not even taught in many workplaces. Uh, I mean, your clients uh, for sure are out there teaching uh, their employees about it. But, I mean, we're seeing most enterprises uh, are still, I mean, afraid to run uh, real security tests against their employees. They don't want to embarrass people. Um, they they don't want to I may find out the, the news that if they were attacked that they would have problems because then they raise it up to a board-level issue they have to go deal with. It's, it's a very serious uh, problem right now. I mean, think of it this way. Um, there's a lot of investments and funding that goes into... Uh, securing the infrastructure, so technology infrastructure. So you can secure it all you want. And now think of it this way. You don't want to embarrass your employees by testing them or giving them security awareness training. Well, that's like securing your house, locking all the doors, but either leaving the back door open or the, or the back window open. That's the idea here. So this training is what, gets, is what gives you that additional edge. Well, why do you not walk down that street at night? Yeah. Uh, because you know there are no lights there. It's a dark. It's a dark alley, and you're thinking uh, my spider senses are up. Well, security awareness training gets your spider senses up on on uh, on the net, on the internet when using technology. Yeah, as it, back in the uh, 1980s, it was the popular these fake rocks that went by your front door where you could you could hide a key in it for the kids when they got home. That way, the kids right. didn't carry the key to and from school because kids would probably lose the key going to and from school. Right, but. It, the criminals pretty quickly found out that people had these fake rocks in their flower bed by the front door and they would just go in and take the key and break into the house with it. So we don't see those around very often anymore. That is a very good analogy, Brett. I think you I think you just nailed it. That's the simplest way to really describe what's happened um, in the last um, uh, decade or you know so the threat actors have been hacking infrastructures for a long time. That became very hard to crack firewalls, to crack um, your um, infrastructure. 
um, that just became too hard. Well, guess what? You, the employee, you're already in the network. If we compromise you, we already have access. So as human beings, we're flawed. And they started coming up with all the different access points. Either they brute force by hacking a database, they compromise you by sending you um, emails, um, email attempts to hack you, um, or they, you know, through ransomware, you know, take the whole company by storm. So yeah. now um, the individual is now the last line of defense. And the only way to really get around it is through uh, security awareness training at all levels. Um, even the executives with yeah. business executive uh, business email compromise. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, we had a, a spear phishing attempt here at Jungle Disk. I've uh, shared uh, in a, some presentations I've done out there of the actual copy of the email. It was uh, me sending a message to our accounts uh, payable department saying that, hey, I'm out of the office today. We need a wire sent. It was coming from <laughs> from me to them. Email exchange went back and forth. We have controls in place that and folks look at things and and nothing bad actually came out of it. Uh, but this happens on a regular basis to uh, businesses. So the, the hackers are getting smarter because they can look and see that I'm CEO of a tech company. They can figure out maybe if we just email AP or uh, invoice or um, accounting at the company's domain name that you'll be able to get somebody in that accounting department and you could pretend to be the CEO and then you start sending um, emails back and forth. Exactly. By uh, masking your name on a fake email, sending it to accounts payable, um, they could you know, get access to you know, whatever funds they wanted to if you didn't have controls in place. So I'm pretty pleased to hear you say that you actually have a process in place because some people think cybersecurity training just ends there. We're not just checking the box. It's now you've learned something. Now go put processes in place to ensure it doesn't happen. My controller gets regular emails like that, trying to compromise my access to her, sending her emails to wire funds. We laugh at it because we have controls in place as well. Yeah. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio. Uh, we are discussing cybersecurity awareness, uh, the need uh, to have it in businesses, but also just the need to have it in your personal life as well. Um, and I think uh, folks are, are getting somewhat familiar, I mean, almost to the point where um, legitimate businesses that try to communicate with you, if your bank sends you an email these days, I mean, I never click on a link and it, it, I'll go read the email that says, hey, there's a notice on your account or an update. I don't click on anything in that. Even if like I go double check the email header, I still don't trust it for some reason. Like, I'll just go into a separate web browser and type in www.bank.com and go uh, log into my bank's website from there. I, I won't even uh, trust my um, people that I know I do business with when I'm even pretty technically savvy and pretty certain that that email actually came from them. These are all very good. So I'm, I'm just giddy hearing you say all of this stuff because these are the things that I would like all my clients, all my customers to say. This is what I want the world to start to say, individuals, executives, um, and everyone everywhere because um, the prolification of, um, unfortunately, the threat actors and, and what they've done to the world, it's, it's, such, it's become uh, an epidemic at this point. And without a little bit of paranoia, like you just demonstrated, you can't survive it. Truthfully, simple things like, will your bank ever send you a request to log in? The answer is no. And sometimes you might just forget and you might freak out and uh, be subjected to you know such emails. But the idea is constant training. As adults, we do have ADD. So you want to refresh yourself regularly. What are the new threats out there? You know, some things are changing. 
people are, why do you not log on to a, a random Wi-Fi? And if you go to Starbucks, you just log into any Wi-Fi you see. That's a problem. If you own, a, if you own and run a business, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, there, there are ways to get around uh, those kind of uh, security protocols and compromise yourself. So uh, be very careful with these little things. Uh, yeah. They matter. There was, yeah, there was a, a really well-written article in a recent uh, Harvard Business Review uh, about um, do you use public Wi-Fi? And if so, maybe you should think twice or um, make sure that you're taking extra security precautions. As, um, when you're on that that public Wi-Fi network, uh, if any of the people around you are not trustworthy, and that could even be when you look and go, you know what, there's four people here, they all look fairly safe. If any of their computers have been compromised, so not only do you trust them but do you, to, to not try to steal from you, but do you trust them to not have malware on their computer that some hacker's been able to get into their system uh, that they can then use to locally eavesdrop uh, on your communications on that Wi-Fi network. Correct. Yeah, so it, it's one of these where, uh, yeah, there's uh, steps you can take. It's not a lot of work or effort, um, but without cyber awareness training and without doing uh, some basic reading and research and staying on top of this, uh, it will lead to um, issues in your business. As we were looking through these stats again, I keep reading these things and I'm in the industry and it still shocks me every time I see this, but uh, more than half of the SMBs uh, out there um, had a, at least one computer ransomware last year. Uh, true. So it's, it's, not, it's no longer a question of if, it's, it's when. And most likely you've already been hacked and perhaps protected from it. You just didn't know about it. So um, trying to stick your head in the sand or saying that my business is too small to be hacked is, is completely wrong. Um, and being uh, prepared and aware is your only safe bet at this point. Um, I say this to all of my clients at every size, at every stage, and that is think of your infrastructure. Um, we recommend that you do everything. Patch your network, patch your software, upgrade, keep the regular protocols. Don't brute force software to you know get around paying what you should be paying for licensing. Keep the proper... Um, uh, conditions of your infrastructure and after you've done that all you've done is you've secured your outer perimeters and now you still have about about 10 to 15 percent opening where you're still vulnerable and that is where your employees come into play how do you protect that you protect that by training them by cybersecurity awareness training now they become your last line of defense they become your human firewall and the only way to get them upgraded is to train them yeah. yeah, you can't go. You can't go buy a new software module yet. It's not quite the Matrix uh, where <laughs> it is not. <laughs> so to uh, to to upgrade all the people on that, yeah, we have to sit down and spend some time being educated on these things. Uh, yeah, as we, you were talking through, I mean, there's no business too small. I mean, the the average ransomware uh, that I'm coming across is in the five hundred to a thousand dollar range, and this is I think parts like why you had said earlier in the program. Um, that they just come back again the next month or the month after that. So um, if you do pay a ransom, it's not necessarily uninstalling the, the software from your computer. It's just going to decrypt your information for now, and there's a button that the hacker has where they can just press the button and encrypt your stuff a second time and ask you for money again. This is like the uh, 
the mafia protection racket uh, <laughs> back in New York in the 1970s. If you're, you're a restaurant owner and you've got nice windows in front, some nice gentleman would walk by and say that those are uh, wonderful windows you have in your restaurant there. Uh, I can make sure they don't get broken overnight. It's just $500 a month, and they'll come back by every single month. Right. As soon as you stop paying them, you've got broken windows in your restaurant, which cost you more than 500 bucks. So the hackers are doing the same thing. This is the, the uh, bad guys don't necessarily have to learn uh, new tactics or schemes. They're taking existing tactics and schemes and just moving it from one method of delivery to another. So ransomware is just a shakedown racket on the internet um, and it makes it difficult to prosecute because if, if you're getting held up for $500, that $500 is going to be via Bitcoin. Um, so you've got to figure out how to get Bitcoin, right. uh, which is another complicated piece, but it makes it difficult for the authorities to track. Um, and, it, and it effectively ends up being a property crime. Um, and if you uh, call your local police department about a $500 property crime, uh, you're going to end up pretty far down in the queue. <laughs> um, now, if if all of a sudden a thousand businesses in the one city were going to call the local police or the local FBI about a $500 um, and now you've got a $500,000 crime. Maybe you've got an, a, an agent assigned to that at the FBI. You may have local uh, PD. It's somebody in their um, Internet crime division uh, assigned to it at that point. But if you don't get to some type of critical mass, it's not going to happen. And with millions of businesses spread out across uh, America and with the way that the Internet works, these hackers are not um, just going and, and hitting every business in one city all at once. They're spreading this stuff out so that they can uh, avoid that critical mass and avoid the authorities starting to try to track them down. Right. And you've painted a very good picture of the, of, you know, sort of the operational complexity associated with actually getting through being compromised. Now think of the, um, what the threat actors really depend on. They depend on your ability or at least the, your capacity for not getting educated on this. They depend on you not getting trained. So when you don't get aware, when you don't get trained, they're more successful because the more aware you are, the the harder it is. Just like when we when we spent more money on infrastructure and firewalls got better, it made their jobs harder. If you become a bit more aware and more trained, you will be. It'll become harder to compromise the individuals. Now they're depending on you not to do training at all, and so it remains an open footer. Let me paint a whole different picture now. For a more concentrated um, uh, small business attack. Some of the damages can go in the tune of about $800,000 just to fix after you've been hacked. Um, sometimes it takes about half a year for you to even realize you've been hacked. And then a whole year to probably get to get yourself back to full condition. About $800,000 later, that's how much you've spent to get yourself sorted out. Now, that's just to get your infrastructure back together. Now, think of the cost that you can't even measure, which is your customers. Can they trust you again? Can they trust you to do business with you again? Which is the cost that which causes most businesses to go out of business. Yeah. So, which is uh, probably why some businesses, some small businesses, uh, to the tune of sixty percent, don't survive a compromise. So, thinking um, your business is too small to be compromised, or it won't happen to you. You're a five hundred one c three corp. You, your church, take care of good people no you're not safe it is an agnostic epidemic it doesn't care who you are what you do what level you are and how you cater to the world it's open season 
Yeah, I mean, sa- sadly, uh, many of the uh, the nonprofits out there try and community service organizations actually become prime targets because the criminals um, they're not good people, so <laughs> they don't actually uh, have any regrets or remorse of going after someone who's trying to uh, like. Casa or someone here in San Antonio that's trying to help uh, kids get off the street or any of the rest of this, they know that those res- those um, organizations have um, donor money um, and um, foundation money going in and out all the time. Uh, they have uh, limited staff. Um, many cases, a, a lot of them don't even have uh, maybe more than a handful of full-time staff. They've got a lot of part-time volunteers. They don't have good processes. They don't have training, and it sadly makes them a prime target um, because of that, the staffing setup and the flow of money in and out, they do wire transfers all the time. Yes. Uh, all of these things are regular for them to have. So it's hard for a bank as well from a fraud detection perspective um, because uh, you may as, you may get a $50,000 donation um, from someone, and so you have to have things set up to allow that money to flow in and flow back out. Right, it's true. Um, and uh, just to top that up, most, um, like you said, like the churches, for example, don't have the best uh, security processes in place, um, uh, and it'd be, and that's that's a real mistake uh, because you know some of these churches do do good in the community. Yeah, yeah. It, it, sometimes it's more profitable um, as an individual. You'll have uh, folks that. Uh, do a day job working for one of those governments and the government will kind of turn a blind eye to what they do in their after hours right, right for their crimes yeah exactly. so, so we, we see um, a, a good amount of the ransomware um, is coming out of uh, eastern europe uh, and the good amount of these criminal organizations are run from over there and and uh, even if and this is why another one on the prosecution aspect of it it's hard because they won't get cooperation authorities here won't get cooperation through interpol or through uh, many of the the countries where these folks are hiding out and they know that um, the, the criminals are there because they know that they have a shield from their um, local and um, national authorities as long as they're not hacking people inside their own country this is true and if you think things are complicated now uh, think about what the internet of things is adding to the mix where everything from your phones, your cars, like every little thing is getting is now internet accessible. So you, I mean, the last attack last year where that brought down the CDN um, for um, almost half the eastern seaboard was down for a while. The internet was down. That was no accident. That was a pra- In my opinion, that was a practice run. Yeah. For something bigger. Uh, oh, yeah, for so, sure. So. so so uh, Internet of Things just made things a bit more complicated because there's no protocol in place to actually tag all those IoT devices out there right now. Um, you can tag the new ones being created, but um, it's just it becomes an insurmountable task that without being uh, educated about what it is that you have, and not just at work, but at home as well, because think of it this way. Um, most businesses, even small businesses, for example, you do have people who use your home computer for work. And, and that's good. It's the whole BYOD, bring your own device. And, um, and, and that's great. But you have to have those discipline, the well-seasoned cybersecurity discipline. Don't just go click on everything or go to every site. Don't use the same computer that you, you know, don't give it to your kids to go everywhere. Or at the very least, have the kids also trained on where not to go. And we sh- we'll probably be able to extend this over to the kids as well, where cyberbullying is even another form 
of its own cyber security uh, challenges uh, for the family. So it's gone to the home front, it's pulled into the, um, into the workplace. So it's a whole blended problem overall where education cannot be um, underestimated. Yeah. So you're listening to Cyber Talk Radio on 1200 WAI. We're going to take a quick break here at the bottom of the hour for a news traffic and weather update. Uh, I will be uh, back after the break, and Felix and I will continue talking through about cybersecurity uh, awareness, uh, what you can do to keep yourself safe, and uh, and what you should be doing in your uh, business so that you can uh, protect your customers, your employees, uh, and yourself uh, from a cyber tragedy at your company. Uh, one we'll head into the break with here is if you find a USB stick laying on the floor of your parking garage, should you pick it up and plug it into your computer? Welcome back to Cyber Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Hyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. Uh, this week, we are discussing cybersecurity awareness training. I'm joined by Felix Odigi uh, from Inspired E-Learning, a uh, leader in this market, uh, one of the uh, great uh, tech companies here in uh, San Antonio, Texas, where we broadcast from on 1200 WAI. If you're listening on uh, iHeartRadio, uh, or if you're uh, listening to this on iTunes podcast or Pocket Cast, when I'm talking about local, I'm talking uh, local for us is uh, the San Antonio, Texas area. So uh, before we uh, broke for that news, traffic, and weather at the bottom of the hour, um, I mentioned if you uh, found a uh, USB stick in the uh, outside your office building or on the floor of your parking garage, should you pick it up and plug it into your computer? And uh, uh, is that a good idea or not, Felix? Uh, that's definitely not a good idea. It's uh, one of the uh, oldest trick in the book. Um, and uh, probably no one falls for that anymore, uh, really. Uh, well, if you um, are not sure, just, just don't do it. None of your customers <laughs> fall for that anymore. Yeah, they shouldn't, they shouldn't really. Yeah. We should we should try that out at Geekdom. So we we record CyberTalk Radio uh, from a, a building in the center of the tech district in downtown San Antonio, um, and here's a, one of the largest co-working uh, spaces in Texas and maybe even in the U.S. at this point uh, is in our building. We should try the parking garage here uh, with uh, some USB <laughs> sticks and see just what the security awareness levels like even inside of a tech district. I'll bet. I'll bet we get a fair amount of people because you've got tech nerds that are kind of curious and yes. they're also uh, just in general um, want to be helpful. Um, <laughs> the San Antonio has got this reputation for being helpful and friendly and they're like, oh, somebody might have dropped this. They might really be missing it. And, you know, I, if I could just plug it in and see whose files they are, I'll give it back to them. I would be very interested in that stat. <laughs> yeah. So, no, don't pick it up. If you find a USB stick, um, if that person dropped it and lost it, they've lost it. You should just uh, take it. Um, and throw it in a garbage can or smash with a hammer and throw it in a garbage can if you uh, really want to make sure it's gone. As a business, you may think, you know what, well, I don't allow my employees to plug in USB storage devices. So I've handled this and we've got a control on our d domain um, that rolls out and blocks people from plugging in USB storage devices. Well, 
the hackers are not dropping USB sticks that are actual storage devices. That USB stick that they're going to drop is often going to show up as a keyboard. Um, so you're going to plug it in. You're going to be like, well, that's not a keyboard. It looks like a little storage device. And what that fake keyboard will do, because you, for certain, allow people to plug USB keyboards into their computer, because if it's especially a desktop um, or even a laptop, people like to use external keyboards. You probably don't have that disabled in your domain. Uh, and with that, that keyboard is going to automatically type things in. It's going to open up a web browser. It's going to go download malware, um, and it's going to um, infect that computer. So the And it's going to run this all in the matter of the first second or two that you plug that keyboard in. And the person's going to see on the bottom of the computer, it's going to go, new USB keyboard detected. And you're like, I just plugged a USB storage device in. You didn't really plug a storage device in. And by the time you see that little pop-up on your computer saying new keyboard detected, it's already game over. This is true. Um, one of our uh, very popular um, uh, courses right now, um, um, you know, with all our customers is uh, what we call a day in a life. And um, this is very popular because what it does is it takes um, two employees um, from the moment they walk into the office through the entire day in the office until they leave. So from the moment you walk in through the door, when you badge in, uh, you go to your desk, you start keystroking to log in, you go to the restroom, every aspect of the day. And through this training, you're also interacting with a, a hacker. So you're trying to compete with a hacker and try to, and if you're successful, you win. And, and by winning, you're learning a lot more. So this uh, course has become very popular because what it does is it really creates their real, uh, a very optimal, a, re a realistic uh, scenario that most people face when they go to work. Um, and all the pitfalls that you probably um, uh, don't pay attention to um, from when you're badging, letting some random person in without asking a question like, hey, who are you looking for? Where's your badge? Um, to when you keystroke and when you log into your computer and when you want to leave your desk, simple control or delete to uh, lock your workstation before you leave, very important. But these are little things that we just forget. Um, so uh, that course has become very popular amongst um, our customers because of what it does to really opening and shedding light on uh, the very uh, simple processes of what to pay attention to, all of your security pitfalls, privacy, password security, um, social media, you name it. Um, it's all fair game. Yeah. So if you, you get a direct message from somebody on uh, Twitter that you you follow, uh, do you click on the links in those direct messages? I, I, ideally, you really don't want to be clicking on links. The days of clicking links are just like, just remove it from your mind. Just don't. And um, where possible, um, if you have a safe, if you have a good security, uh, an antivirus uh, system on your uh, computer, it should be able to pick up most of these bad links. But to the extent that you don't, just don't click on the link um, or hover over it. Um, if it's supposed to be taking you somewhere, it should have the proper header. Yeah. And uh, for example, uh, sometimes, you know, American Airlines can send you something. Um, however, American Airlines is not um, AAA.com and, and something else, it, you know, it'll yeah. be AA.com. So things, very subtle things uh, will tell you, will give it away. But you have to be educated. You have to be trained to yeah. identify those things. Yeah, one of the, the um, big malware spreads through uh, social media um, over this past year was a, a fake ESPN.com domain. Mm -hmm. And somebody, uh, they used a Unicode, a kind of acrylic E character 
uh, and they registered that domain. Um, it looked like ESPN.com, but right. it was not ESPN.com. It was this uh, special acrylic E character. And so you're looking at that link, and unless you look really carefully at the shape of the font and everything else, you're clicking on this, and it's taking you to a site that was not uh, really ESPN. Right. Um, and they were using this fake domain for about a week or two until it got shut down. Uh, by the social media um, networks. I mean, it's still a legally registered domain because it was registered um, in another country that is not going to necessarily stop that domain registration. Right. Uh, and they combined that being nefarious with the domain registration with what's called a kind of a, a drive-by download attack. So you didn't even have to click on a link other than just going to their website. As soon as you were on the website, your computer started downloading malware. Exactly. Yeah. They, you, you, they need an access point to, you know, deliver that payload. Uh, delivering that payload is what's important. Um, if you don't give uh, access, um, you know, for them to deliver that payload, then you're safe. Yeah, so you, you had mentioned uh, an interesting one about the, the access badges um, to, to buildings. And uh, I think as everyone's kind of moved from uh, physical keys, I mean, maybe you have a key, physical key in your door as a backup to get into your office building now. Um, and you, you use that physical access badge plus the photo on the access badge um, in order to get in. So you've got kind of this multi-factor authentication on the physical side of your building. You need to have the badge plus a picture on the badge that matches that's really you. And on the, the computer side of things, people don't want to have their authentication require multiple steps. Uh, why, why do you think that they're less worried about the computer authentication or maybe they are worried but they just don't want the additional complexity? Look, I, I get it. It's um, it can be you know your jobs are hard enough as it is, and now just to get into your computer, you've got to remember two or three different steps or two or three different passwords. That will drive you bunkers. But think of the alternative: um, you're shut down uh, for you know weeks on end, or better or worse, your company is taken under because you're sloppy with your password. Now, which one are you more interested in? The additional frustration, well, let's call it responsibility of typing extra passwords to get in safely, or the responsibility that you allowed such uh, nefarious um, acts to happen? I think you probably go with the former. So that, that's, what, that's really what it boils down to. Two-factor authentication makes it just, makes it just harder. Um, you, you can break the first one, maybe you won't get to the second. Um, and that's the whole idea. You want to make it a multi, uh, a multi-step authentica authentication uh, everywhere you can. And trust me, some users says, "Look, can't even remember my password." And I'm, and I say, "Well, that's great. If you can remember it, they probably can too." So you keep changing it, and and that's that's all right. But the idea is, you want to keep a very complex password. Or at the very least, you want to keep it a very complicated step. Yeah, and on and. The uh, multi-factor stuff is pretty easy uh, now uh, to roll out and implement. It used to be super expensive and super hard. You had to buy these big hardware tokens, and you had to have a, a, a very sophisticated team to roll it out. Now uh, there's applications such as Google Authenticator uh, that uh, provides a multi-factor that can install on your iPhone or your Android device, and you can integrate that in um, to add that token aspect uh along with the username and password in order to to log into systems so um, it's something that 
a medium and large uh, business should certainly be able to roll out for a smaller business you may want to consider using um, either like Microsoft's identity service or Google's identity service and let them handle uh, the security of the passwords and the identity but yes. then they can also um, implement multi-factor authentication there for you yes indeed um, I, ideally you want to outsource those uh, complex steps if you don't have the internal staff to, to manage it yeah so uh, we with the cybersecurity awareness training. I mean, is this every employee in the company in two weeks of classes, or I mean, what do people need to really go through uh, and do in order to get to a, a reasonable level of safety? Sure. So I'm glad you asked that question. It's a really simple process, quite frankly. Uh, it does start with naturally starts at the top. So as a CEO like you, um, you definitely realize the importance of this. So it always starts at the top, at the and, and now even board levels are so involved uh, that the board of directors um, will, you know, you don't want the board of like directors telling you to implement cybersecurity. Um, and just to just to let you know how bad things are now, the new normal um, within uh, companies. If you're trying to make an acquisition, for example, there's an actual cybersecurity diligence that's necessary. Why is that? Nobody wants to buy rubbish. And, and have to pay up for it. So very simply, um, cybersecurity awareness training can be a very can be re a really simple implementation. All you're trying to address is your company's cybersecurity posture. Uh, there is where you are today, and there's where you are supposed to be. Um, there is an assessment. You take a, you take a very quick assessment where you check where everyone within the organization is. So from uh, the person who was manning the, the you know the phone the phone the front desk to uh, the um, IT operator at the back office, they all everyone takes a certain sort of what we call a pretest, and then that gets everyone sort of set up into this uh, dashboard that lets you know uh, who's weak where. For example, IT could be very efficient at password complexity, but very bad with email, and then accounting could be very good with email, but ridiculous at you know password. So uh, People are at different levels. And so our training program really conditions the training to your weaknesses and attacks that very quickly. So you start to sort out your um, cybersecurity posture immediately. So you get these assigned um, online uh, courses um, that you take at your own on your own time. Naturally, as a company, you want to give com you want to give employees a particular time frame to take it. Um, so very shortly, say a month. And you know they they have to complete those courses by then. These are short courses, by the way, five minutes, fifteen minutes. Uh, in some cases, the longest we have is like 25, 30 minutes. Now you take this content on your own time, which is again another value productivity that gain that we've added. You don't have to impact production hours. You can take it on you know after hours if you want to. Yeah, or if uh, a meeting ends fifteen minutes early. You can yeah. hop in and take a 10-minute class before your next meeting or your phone call or your next appointment. Exactly. So you don't, you don't have to interrupt your day at all. Now, you take this training, and now you establish a baseline for the entire organization. And you can drill down to the employee level, to the role level, where you know who's weak where, which department is weak where, or where the business units are. And by tracking how people are progressing over time, you're able to really now, if someone asks you, what is the security posture of your organization? You can answer that very confidently, and now you can actually track it and track its progress. And this is a mix of both uh, security awareness training, anti-phishing training, 
and the whole and now we have all the different assets like posters and uh, mini modules to help with refreshers because hey adults have ADD I promise you to keep everyone really uh, engaged consistently and then we also have a very robust analytics that allows you to present uh, this progressive data to any level the CEO's office or the board of directors and by the way we actually have training specifically for the CEO office and the board of directors uh, because they themselves do phase attacks but very unique types yeah um like you know fishing for everyone else whaling for uh, executives uh, for example and you know there is a you know evil twin there's the uh wi-fi compromises that you need to stay away from there's certain heavy uh scenarios that you know the c-suite executives need to stay away from that we've conditioned very specific training for so we have what we call role-based training uh, so this is really what it's all about. It's about establishing a security awareness program. And with this, you're able to really track your organization's process at any level. Either you want to track it at the individual level, at the business unit level, at the department level, or um, whatever level suits you. Yeah. No, and it, so it, it sounds like this is one where if you're rolling out security awareness, first step is knowing what your your weaknesses are, um, where your employees need the training, yes. uh, and then customizing the training module so that they're only spending time on areas where they need to gain awareness and understanding. Uh, they're not having to go through, because security awareness uh, in almost every industry is not a regulatory mandate uh, where you have to go through these 27 modules on an annual basis or anything else. This these are things that you should be doing to protect your business and keep it safe, but there's um, generally not a regulatory mandate requiring you to have every employee handle a certain set of modules. The The good news of that lack of a regulatory mandate is that you can customize that training so that you're only teaching your folks the things that they need to know and that they haven't already learned uh, through listening to programs like this or um, just in the uh, course of their time out there on the internet, uh, maybe with a, a bad experience themselves or one of their friends uh, over the course of time. Yeah, it is true that it's not uh, currently regulate, regulated um, in the United States um, yet. Uh, probably will be soon, depending on how which direction the current administration decides to you know follow. Um, there are some, uh, if you're a business that does um, uh, business overseas, for example, you are subjected to certain um, cybersecurity uh, mandates that are regulated. For example, the EU privacy laws, the GDPR, these are, um, these are you know, when you, when you cross the border, uh, these become a bit more regulated. Uh, these have fines associated with them and that you have to really do comply to do business. Yeah. So um, now you can call it a cost to pay for success. Well, that, that's fine, but so if you think of it, if you think of it that way, then it's only a matter of time. Um, right now in the U.S., it's internally mandated discipline. Um, if the government was to push towards making this a regulated, uh, you know, mandated, regulated posture, um, it, it could work as well. As in, companies become very responsible for ensuring that their, you know, their internal uh, posture was properly secured. At least they could demonstrate that they do have. 
a good security posture in place. Yeah, and then I mean here, I guess the healthcare industry um, to a certain extent has uh, uh, compliance and requirements and employee training as part of a requirement, uh, along with HIPAA, um, that goes on how to handle um, patient health information. Um, both in paper record copies and in the digital side. Um, that is, you, you get out into many of these other areas, you might get fined if you're um, a big uh, retail chain um, for getting a credit card data breach. You, there may be a fine from the, the FTC or maybe a state agency um, for PCI not... Breach. Yeah, and uh, but there's, yeah, there's not necessarily necessarily still a requirement in the retail sector to put employees through security awareness training. Uh, I mean, I think as we look across uh, all of these industries now, technology is everywhere, um, and our um, personal confidential information as consumers is everywhere, and uh, having these these gaps uh, in the uh, regulatory requirements, uh, probably not ideal at this point in time. No, no, it, it really is not. Um, uh, Certainly makes us, um, Inspired Learning, a very unique uh, solution for small businesses because we also have um, we have HIPAA, uh, Code of Conduct, Ethics, um, all of your employment, um, harassment, and HR training as well. So it's almost like it's a one-stop shop for small businesses, really. And this really makes it work out um, well for our small business customers because they are able to just uh, come to us and we take care of it all. Um, so we understand the regulated side of things and the internally mandated side of uh, you know training as well, um, and it helps us kind of put a very uh, specific uh, perspective uh, on our uh, development. You're listening to News Radio 1200 WAI, and this is Cyber Talk Radio, and we've been discussing cybersecurity awareness. Uh, if you uh, just uh, turned on the radio now uh, in your car, or if uh, you've uh, turned iHeartRadio on on your Android or iOS device, or uh, any of your other uh, computer systems that support uh, iHeartRadio, uh, and you like the discussion we're having and you wanted to be able to hear the whole thing, uh, we post uh, online on Tuesday uh, after the broadcast uh, on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. Um, this show in its entirety. Uh, we also have uh, all of our past programs uh, on the site as well. So if you uh, heard our bit about uh, what's called a drop test, uh, where someone drops a USB stick and you wanted to dive uh, more into uh, physical uh, security, physical uh, hacker compromises where they do have some access to you, uh, we covered that in depth on a, another program. Felix, to go ahead and uh, wrap this up for our uh, folks that are here with us on the air right now, uh, you've got a, a few minutes to uh, to give folks uh, the high-level uh, tips that they would uh, need to keep themselves and their business safe online. Sure. Uh, thanks, Brett. Um, so with cybersecurity awareness, um, again, um, it's just really a little bit of um, a paranoia with how you are um, out there on the internet um, and the everything technology everything connected even with internet of things being so prevalent now uh, you know the new the new attack the new threat the new threat landscape this is the new normal it's not a question of of, of if it, it's when you get attacked either as a small business or as an individual um, simple things maintain complex passwords change your passwords regularly when you're out there on the social media Try not to post just everything. Be 
conscious about what you're posting because again uh, these are the aspects that you are you know if someone's going to profile you this is the very simple things they will use if i needed to guess what your password was might be your dog a mix of your dog or your kid's birthday or something so think of social engineering in that perspective um as a small business owner um don't always focus on trying to uh, limit just the cost of operating your tech. Think of the cost of what a breach would do to you if you are exposed. And this way, operate with that sort of uh, consciousness. Uh, think carefully. Try to... Um, education is really about the easiest way to prevent these things. Not just for you, but for your employees. Anyone handling data, access to technology at your company. Make sure they are aware simplest of awareness goes a very long way and that little paranoia will save you someday so and if you're out there uh good passwords um uh, be thoughtful uh about uh what you're sharing uh, because what you may think is a good password if everyone knows your dog's name your kid's birthday so i guess i'm changing my passwords after we're off the air here uh <laughs> it it uh it becomes very uh easy for those uh, attackers to be able to go through and uh, profile certain things uh, and what you you may think is obscure um, is not if uh, folks wanted to uh, look at getting uh, cybersecurity awareness training or other training for their business uh, where can they learn more about inspired e-learning uh, please visit us at www.inspiredelearning.com that's inspiredelearning.com and um, we will be happy to walk you through the very simple process of getting cybersecurity aware today. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, very much for joining us. Uh, this is uh, one that uh, we will uh, ensure to uh, share that uh, replay and rebroadcast out there because uh, this is a high-level cybersecurity awareness uh, for free out there for you. It's not comprehensive. It's not tailored to an organization, but... Uh, this is a good one that anyone can have your employees listen to on iTunes podcasts or Pocket Casts on their Android devices as a basic primer to get started. 